Hello beautiful people and welcome to my podcast. You on air with TK Nastic. Today we will be discussing what it's like to be a young black professional woman who's been raised straight but born gay after the apartheid era in South Africa. My special guest is a 21-year-old millennial brave enough to tell her story. Welcome. Thank you TK, I'm very honored. I know you cannot speak on behalf of all the young black professional LGBTQI millennial, but from your perspective, what is it like to be gay in 2019? A tough ride, but <laughs> quite the journey. Quite the journey, yes. <laughs> okay. I believe that the biggest obstacle that you have to go through as a gay woman is accepting yourself and allowing yourself to be truthful with the people around you so they can also understand what you're going through. Would you say that there is more pressure on millennials to ensure there is much more awareness and the action taken towards certain awareness when it comes to gay rights? Definitely, definitely. I mean, we live in this country. I mean, this is our country and I'm going to have to live here with my kids one day so i want to not have that fear of walking out and having people attack me for who i am so yes i do believe that gay rights are totally important and awareness towards gay rights is important do millennials feel their pressure to get the awareness out there to protest to get more rights to mm-hmm. to ensure that there's more safety for the coming generations yes because in 2019 still there's still a lot of hate crimes against the lgbtqi community and i believe that awareness marching however we can get that attention to reduce the hate crime then we should do that So over the years certain tradition and culture has transformed and it's become better. Within your community has it remained difficult to come out as gay and is there still a stigma and prejudice once uh, one does come out in the community? I don't believe it is as difficult as it was years ago of course. It is still difficult because people still have their own belief systems and they're not yet open to learning about new things. They're not as understanding as you would like them to be. So it is very difficult still in the community in the township to come out to your community or your parents or anybody that you want in your life. Okay, have you personally experienced any stigma and prejudice from family or friends, colleagues or community members and what did you do to overcome this? I have experienced this. I remember my cousin, this is after I came out to my parents and everything. My cousin came to me and she said, "Are you gay? Really?" Yes, he's like, "Well, it doesn't suit you." Okay. <laughs> well, well, like it's a dress code, you know. It's I just not something I put on every day. To overcome it, I usually I I'm I'm a blocker. I block any negative things out and if I really need to work it out, I work it out with myself. If you are not if you don't love me enough to at least try to learn or understand or accept me as I am, then why we why are you in my life in the first place? So, I don't think it's my cousin anymore. <laughs> Okay. What is your your coming out story? Do you have a coming out story? I it seems like every gay person has a coming out story and sometimes it's exciting, sometimes it's sad. What is your coming out story? I don't like to be the odd one out. It is sad actually for me because 
because when I told my closest family, they were not at all understanding. That was three years ago already. It was really tough for my mother especially because how do you go from being a girly girl to liking women? And it's not about me liking makeup or anything like that. It's basically me attracted to a certain gender. My sexual orientation has nothing to do with who... With how you dress? Yes, my personality. Mm. Yes. Can you elaborate on your coming out story? Are you willing to go into your coming out story? The reason I say so is because maybe there's somebody out there who has exactly the same coming out story as you and you can help them by sharing your story and maybe they will know how to deal with it better because you said this was three years ago. Mm -hmm. So you obviously have a good relationship with your family now Mm -hmm. than what it was back then and maybe we motivate or empower somebody to come out and to say, yes, okay, it might be a sad story, it might be a bad story, but give it some time and you could actually gain the love and trust back from your family. Yeah, definitely. And when I came out to my parents, it was a taboo thing. After I told my mother, we never spoke about it. It was never a conversation. It was never brought up. It was like nothing was ever said. We continued like that for two years. And then a year ago, she came to me and sat down and we had a really good conversation. And she told me that the first thing she did after I told her was Google, what is a lesbian? (laughs) (laughs) Your mother actually Googled. What is a lesbian? Oh my goodness. I cannot imagine what she found online when she Googled what is a lesbian. All I could think about is all the the bad things, the pornos and stuff. And it's not like that. So I'm like, I feel so sorry for her, but I'm glad she has um, taken a chance to get to know me. She took that first step. Yes, that she took that step, first yeah. exactly, to get to know me and accept me for, for who I am. And I really do appreciate her for that. For two years, it was a lot of silence. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you felt very lonely. And then in year three, she made the first initial step to see what it's like to live in your life. Exactly. And she may have done it in the most <laughs> funniest way I've ever heard about. You don't say. <laughs> but uh, she took that step and she got, she got in contact with you. And I think that is a beautiful thing. Thank you. So you no longer live in the community. And certain family members and friends are now supportive of your sexual orientation. Do you know if this has made them vulnerable to hate crimes uh, because of the support of you? Not that I know of. I think in my community it has become not such a huge thing being gay um, to a point where the people in the community will attack your family for your decisions or... um, yeah, for your decisions. So I don't think there is any hate crimes against my parents or my friends because of me. And if there, there, there is, I would really like to know. And that would be really, really sad. It would be, it yes. would be yeah. really sad to know. And are you in a relationship? Yes. <laughs> if you could only see the smile on her face, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so traditionally, heterosexual norms require black men to play labola and I'm quite interested to know how does this work in a same-sex relationship? <laughs> you know what's difficult TK? I really don't know. I haven't yet had this conversation with my elders because like you said with black communities traditionally and culturally 
the man is required to pray lobola for the woman wow it's it's a really tough conversation to have when i'm at the stage to be like okay now we're putting a ring on it <laughs> that's when i'll go sit down with my elders again how does this work if we could both not pay lobola great <laughs> you know well ladies and gentlemen if you do know the answer to that question feel free to send me a voice note on the podcast and tell me what your experience is in a same sex couple where the bola needs to be paid you know of a conversation you mentioned that your partner is of a different race so you black you're a woman yeah you're millennial <laughs> and lesbian <laughs> and your partner is of a different race <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. So some people might say that you are actually walking target for discrimination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean it's really really tough. This is the new South Africa where black people, colored people, white people are able to interact with each other. But once they're in a relationship, then you see a different type or a different side to people where you get those stares or you get those comments here and there. But you know what? You just got to wake up in the morning and be like, "Don't pay my bills, so it's fine." <laughs> this is my relationship. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you touched on the question I was just about to ask you, which is, have you or your partner ever experienced any type of persecution and how have you both handled it? Is it just about getting up in the morning and saying, "Well, you don't pay my bills and I'm a strong black professional woman?" Um, no, it has been a bit difficult the the name calling or public affection, and sometimes it's very hard to do that knowing that we are of different races and we're both women. You still get those people who be staring at you and or give you a blank eyes like what are you doing? Um does it make you afraid? Are you afraid yes. to be attacked? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because of that we have tried to minimize the public affection. The main reason for that is because we are afraid for our safety or health. So that brings me to my next question. What do you hope to see positively happen in the next 10 years? for the LGBTQI community and what advice can you give your fellow millennials in the next 10 years i really really do hope the hate crimes come to a minimum the stares the weird looks the people clearing their throat every time you touch your partner's hand it comes to a minimum because this is our community we are the community gay straight whatever you whatever you identify as it does not really matter in the future we will be able to live with each other peacefully without any discrimination at all love is love love is love yeah and um the advice that i have for my millennials <laughs> is that um give yourself time give yourself enough time to know yourself before you come out to anybody love yourself for who you are so that it comes a bit easier when you do come out to someone and they reject that you know that you have enough love within yourself to sustain you a beautiful message and i just want to clarify we we spoke about hate crimes and i know that hate crimes can be as serious as being sent to a reform camp or being uh, raped straight mm-hmm. that type of thing but the way you were talking is that you also see hate crimes as people clearing their throat and the dead stares and the fact that you just feel in fear right. of just holding your partner's hand in the wall mm-hmm. wow get that perspective i just want to say thank you so much for coming out and sharing your story with us and uh, take care and i wish you all the best for the future thank you take care thank you for having me 
Ladies and gentlemen, my beautiful listeners, tune in next time for the second story in Ray Straight, Born Gay and Life Situationships. Thanks for listening. Be brave. Tell your story. I'm TK Nastic and goodbye until our next hello.